Hey, welcome back to the Brazos Point living room. We are glad that you are listening again. We have got the three amigos back together as we continue our study through the Gospel of John. How are you guys doing? Good. So good. I thought you were talking to the people listening for a second. <laughs> how are y'all doing? <laughs> y'all let us know how you're Pause doing out there. for response. Hope you're well. Hope you're well. <laughs> uh, no, I was talking to you guys. <clears throat> well, we can jump right in this week. Uh, this week, my first question for us is, do you like making decisions or is it tough for you to decide? And kind of I'm talking about this is when you're picking something on a menu, hmm. picking a vehicle to pit, to purchase, a home, what color to paint this room or your house, etc. Do you like making those decisions? Do you find yourself paralyzed with analysis? And what is your decision making process? I mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is probably the ultimate answer for what you would think is an indecisive person, but it depends. Like it depends on how strong of an opinion I have about the thing or how permanent the thing is, maybe how easy easy it is to change. Um like a menu order, I'm pretty quick, pretty good. <laughs> mm. I kind of like making all decisions. <laughs> <laughs> we no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love making decisions, no matter how big or small. I'm pretty decisive. Um, but I will say that I do love to research and really maybe over-research big decisions. Mm, but no, I still you. like to make them. But I like to make them really well-informed. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would research something to death if it's a big decision. Uh, yeah. I think I research things to death when it comes to online purchases or I read reviews, but it's just cause I want to just buy something that's not going to break. Hmm. Like right. there are a lot of decisions I'm just loosey goosey with. Like who cares? See, what mine's mostly about then? cost. Mm-hmm. Like I want to get the best deal. Well, and then I will keep looking for deals after I've made the deal and made the purchase. And actually, like, don't stop looking. do that to yourself. Stop yep. looking. And that's the thing with cost and not breaking is there are some things that you get what you pay for, but there's some things that you can get a good thing for not that much. Yeah. Mm. Foil. But will, in general, I will buy a name brand foil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we had this the other day where I learned. Oh, it was paper towels. I bought off-brand paper towels at a quick Randy, trip Randy. to the store for like four mm-hmm. items, and I was using them myself, and I was like, gosh, this was a mistake. I will mm-hmm. not get off-brand paper towels again. <laughs> it, like, it wouldn't get up the, the stuff, the job. Yeah. It could not you do the job. You had to use so many, and it's like this costs as <sighs> much as the good stuff. Mm. Where's Brawny? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, too, in this question, just how you came up with your kids' names. Those are big like, decisions. Oh, wow. That's a huge decision. Do you, do you want to know? Like how I came up with my kids' names? Dartboard? No. One, uh, man, one is so embarrassing. One was, (laughs) I I liked it from a little league, uh, uh, what's the word? T-ball team that I taught when I was single. You taught T-ball? Coached. You've coached T-ball after all the discussion we've had about. Think about it. You couldn't make it to first. It was on a T. That's exactly right. That's why this was my specialty. Hold on, hold on. Which one? Cooper. Okay. Cooper's name came from, so I, I met, it was the first time I'd ever met a kid named Cooper. And this was probably like in 99, 2000, right? And uh, I decided, I was like, oh, I like that. And we go for that if it was a boy or a girl. Obviously, we ended up Girl Cooper. So Kendall's name, we're way off track this at this the point. the embarrassing one. Yeah, Kendall's name came from a soap opera. <laughs> all <laughs> Ashley my and children. I watched all my children Days when we were lives. in college. No, all my children. We watched all my children. We watched it when we were in college. And yeah, sure They enough, would tape it. Yeah, back VHS, record it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes i like to make decisions 
That's so funny. Josiah came from, you know, the boy king in the Bible. So that was the first name we had. And then we had two girls first. And so it was like, oh, we got to come up with these names. So they're kind of random. We just like them. They're kind of somewhat associated to bands. Uh, but they asked me, like, what are, where did our names come from? Bands. And it's like, well, Josiah's came from the Bible and y'all's came from just... We like the name. <laughs> and that's how all mine are. They are so cute names, Yeah, though. like so many people have like these meaningful name stories for their kids. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got ours from a soap opera. We liked it. <laughs> and a little boy at T-ball. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, this week, as we continue our journey with Jesus through the Gospel of John, we pick up mid-conversation with Jesus and a group of Jews, and they're having a discussion about who Jesus is and who they think he is. Jesus is going to continue to tell them exactly who he is and what he's here to do, and they really are faced with the decision, do they want to believe him or not, and ultimately they have to decide for themselves. So we're in John 8, and I have us reading a few verses there, but really the big idea here is Jesus makes a claim that those who believe his words will never see death. Uh, And so, guys, that's a promise Jesus makes uh, right there, that those who obey his words will never see death. And so it's a promise from him. My question to you guys, is that promised right there? And the way he talks about it, is that mean that the promise is based on obedience or is that based on grace? Or how do you figure that out? (laughs) Yes. I mean, obviously... You know, the the core of our faith is the gospel, and the gospel is a work of grace, Ephesians 2, right? It is by grace you've been saved through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. And, uh, you know, I mean, that is the essence of the gospel. But you can't mistake that, like, Jesus, you read the gospels, and Jesus has a clear call to obedience. And so uh, I think this is a tough one like to walk through and to work through and to understand. Um, But ultimately, you start with obedience to the gospel in the sense of recognizing that your self-justification is always going to be insufficient and you need his grace. And so then in faith, you cling to him, you throw yourself on him and his finished work on the cross and what he's done in his death, burial, and resurrection. And, And you obey that teaching, right? In the sense of recognizing that you can't save yourself, but that you need a savior. And then as we respond to that and we live in that, we still obey the teachings of Christ. And he makes it clear. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands, you know? Mm -hmm. And so because we love him and because we've been so moved by the grace of the gospel, our hearts are moved to conform to obedience and really to desire obedience. Hmm. I think it's an important question uh, to really think about, I think, Jesus talks about obeying his words, ob- obeying his teachings, abiding in his his commands. Uh, and I think it's important for every follower of Jesus to really understand, okay, what does that mean? And does that mean that I'm not obligated to perfection? Like, what if I f- fail? What if I make a mistake? What if I don't hold to every single one of his teachings perfectly? And understanding that, that difference there, uh, I think is important. And I don't want to jump ahead necessarily too much, but in, you know, a few chapters, Jesus will talk about that he's the good shepherd, there are sheep in his hands, and no one takes them, can t- remove them. And I think that's a good reminder, like, hey, Jesus got you here, and he wants you to obey his commands. There's life that comes from them, but he understands along the way, we're, we're going to fail. Well, and just like just take this interaction with Jesus from Matthew 7, for example. Like he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, 
but only the one who does the will of my Father. So that feels a whole lot like what we're talking about here in John, right? Where, okay, maybe it's about doing the will of God that is actually what gets you entrance into the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus goes on to say there in Matthew 7, he says, on that day, you're going to say to me, Lord, I did this, I prophesied in your name, I cast out these demons in your name, I did all of these deeds in your power, yada, 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 all these actions, all these works, I did, I did, I did, I did. And that's not it either, right? And he's going to say, I will declare to them, uh, I never knew you. And so what Jesus makes clear there is it is about relationship. Mm -hmm. And so this relationship is built on grace, based on faith, and then out of that relationship, out of that knowing Christ, out of that having been rescued, that's where these acts of action in regards to obedience to the to the commands of Christ flow. Because another context that I've heard this question come up in is the context of well, what if what if somebody steps over the line of faith at the very end of their life? And you know, we think about Jesus when he was on the cross saying to the to the criminal next to him, because the criminal believed and that relationship was begun, today you'll be with me in paradise. Well, that criminal didn't have a chance to go out and do much obeying, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is, it's a lot to think about. Mm. It's a lot to think about, but it's critical because it can so distort the gospel. And so if you do it in such a way that you either lose that the gospel is a work of grace through faith, or you do it in such a way that you dismiss that there's a clear call from Christ to obedience to his commands, then you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we also believe that when we have that free gift of grace and we've made the decision to accept it, that that relationship, there's nothing that can snatch us out of God's hands, right? Mm -hmm. Including ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the security that comes from grace. And so then you go back to and you go, okay, well, he says, if you love me, you keep my commands, mm -hmm. right? And so it's for love. It's it's in this relationship, responding to his love with love, that we move towards obedience. Mm -hmm. Well, we see right after this that the those listening to Jesus and, and these claims don't really agree with him. They start to hurl insults. They start to get upset. They don't believe the things he's claiming. Uh, and so my question to you guys is, you know, I think the same thing happens today in our lives, even as we interact with other people, as we share our faith with others, there are people who like these, this, this group of Jews, they believe somewhat part of Jesus's message, and then they get to this and they say, no, I'm actually out. So in the same way, what are parts of Jesus and his, uh, who he is that people today like, what are the roadblocks for people in many ways? Hey, I'm in with Jesus and this idea, but when I get here, now I'm out. Or that's mm -hmm. too far. That's a bridge too far for me. And they step away. So I'm I'm going to start with kind of a weird one, maybe, mm -hmm. like going back to what I was talking about a minute ago. And there's many things. There's many things that every individual, you know, that different pockets of people are like, no, this is Jesus. And, you know, no, he would never and all that kind of stuff. But I think one thing is, in a weird way, some people, I think, almost want salvation to be works-based because then they feel like they have control over it. And I think as humans, we like to feel like we're in control of our lives and of our futures, um, including eternity. And so in a weird way, I think sometimes folks can tend to exclude the grace part of what Jesus is teaching and exclude the part that it's what he's already done and not what we have to do. And that sounds weird, but I've no. had conversations with 
people before where it was like, well, you just, you don't understand. Like, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, I want to have control. And so I want to earn because if I earn, then I'm owed. I want God to be in my debt instead of me being in God's debt. And we know that ultimately grace teaches us that he's paid a debt that we can never repay. And so we live completely dependent, but we don't like to be dependent. We don't like that. We don't like to be in debt. And we do like to be in control. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And I think there's a million different ways that that manifests itself, right? right? That ultimately become the checking out points where you check out on Jesus because you don't want to yield control. That could look like a lot of different things, but at its root, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head that it's a control thing. And I want to mm-hmm. be the boss. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, if you keep reading this interaction with Jesus and this group of Jews, the temperature, it starts to heat up, the conversation. <laughs> I think last week we, there were some heavy insults thrown and it just keeps getting getting heavier. Um, they get to this point where Jesus starts to talk about, they bring up Abraham, the father of their faith. And Jesus starts to talk about Abraham and he says, Abraham rejoiced at the thought of my day. And so, you know, I'm, I'm curious, what does that mean? What is that, why is that significant? They bring up the forefather of their faith and Jesus says, that guy... He was waiting for me in my day. Yeah, I think this is some of the most fascinating stuff to understand in regards to God's God's promises and God's covenant making throughout human history. Because, uh, and this is the part that I think that's mind-blowing, is the reality that the, the forefathers and the fathers of Israel, like there was a, a faith that's projected ultimately towards the Christ that is to come. And when he says, Abraham rejoiced at the thought of my day, like he's, he's being literal, you know, like Abraham's righteousness was credited to him because of what? Because of faith. And ultimately Abraham believed the, the promises of God. And so as you look at really all of the Old Testament figures, uh, there is a matter of them believing the promises of the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Yeah. And so what Jesus is saying is, man, all these people that you've built your faith on, their faith was ultimately uh, contingent on my coming, and here I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when God was unpacking his promises to Abraham about with you, I'm going to make a people group that are going to be my special people. And because of you and your family, the whole world will be blessed. That was Jesus, you right. know? He's so like, like literally the from the time that Abraham received these promises from God, he was told the promise of Jesus. He might mm-hmm. not have known exactly right. who or what, or when, for sure, he didn't know when, but... But, but based on what he did know, he, he believed, and his faith was credited in his righteousness, right? For. And so when Jesus says, man, Abraham would have rejoiced at the thought of my day, Abraham would have gone, there it is. Yeah. There's how my people will actually be the blessings to all the peoples of the earth. This is the promise completely fulfilled. Hmm. There's some really interesting stuff there that Greg goes more, much more into that I think it's worth our people uh, going back and seeing how, you know, he shows up in the Old Testament there in these interactions with Abraham, which is super interesting. But I think the 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 conversation is heating up and they say, they bring up Abraham and Jesus says, your forefather was looking to me. And they're like, what? And they start to get upset. And then it really all culminates in this next piece. And I have us going to Exodus 3 and reading just a uh, God speaking to Moses when Moses says, hey, if I go to Pharaoh and I say, let your people go, they're going to ask me, well, what God sent you? Who sent you? And he says, tell him that the I am has sent you. 
And it's this huge, powerful statement. And in we're meant to think of that in this very moment where Jesus says, you know, they're like, who are you? You think you're talking about Abraham and you were before him? You're not even that old. And he says, before Abraham was, I am. And it is a huge, huge moment. Well, and he's he's upping the ante because he goes from basically saying, man, I'm the hero of your heroes. Like, mm-hmm. Father Abraham's your hero? Well, I'm Abraham's hero. <laughs> he ups that ante and says, okay, you want to talk about you're the people of the God of Abraham? I, I am, am that good. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. Abraham's God. And they're like, how could how how you are a man that's standing here in front of us? And then that's the claim he's making. I mm-hmm. am the God of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And before Abraham like was, I am. And it, if you ever wonder, like, what led people to kill Jesus? Yeah, it's it's these moments when it's he claimed these... to be their God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> the conversation is definitely coming to your center. But I, I wanted to have a, a another question here. That's a huge statement. That's a huge promise. It's a mic drop moment, as Greg refers to it. But I want to just know, like, looking at this statement from Jesus, he's making this promise. I existed before this moment. I have always been. I am the same God, right? And it's it's doing something for them in the moment. They're freaking out and upset about it. But what does that mean for you and I today? When you and I read that promise, that statement, like how should that affect my life today as a follower of Jesus, that I hear Jesus make this promise? Well, I mean, it gets at the, the core of who Jesus is, which is why we love this walk through the Gospel of John, because we're getting a look at the real Jesus. And ultimately, if the promises that Jesus, is, that Jesus makes are going to have the—if they're going to accomplish in my life what I hope they're going to accomplish, he has to have the authority of being God, mm-hmm. right? And so when he claims to have not only this authority, but to be this pre-existent God. It's like, yeah, for him to be the one that dies on the cross and that makes the difference for me to experience grace and life and relationship and eternity, then this is who he's got to be. So I think our security is tied to it. Yeah, for sure. And also just when you think about relationship and how he is relational and that's what he actually wants with us, it's just, it's mind-blowing to be honest that, that the God who was, I am, who was again, I am, (laughs) who is I am, and will continue to be I am. Like, that's the God that I get to have a relationship with. Like, I'm talking to the same God who talked to Moses, who talked to Abraham. Mm -hmm. Like, that in and of itself, that it's the same, that Mm -hmm. it's eternal, because it's so hard for us to wrap our minds around the concept of eternal. It's hard to understand how, because God created time, he exists outside of time. And so he has always been, and I get to have a relationship Mm -hmm. with him. Yeah. I like what you're saying there. It's like, he's so big and yet he wants to know you so personally. Yes. And I think what made them so frustrated in this moment actually brings me such peace (laughs) as a follower of Jesus. Like, man, they're just like, I cannot believe you said that. I'm like, man, I'm so encouraged to know you are so much bigger than my mind can comprehend and so much bigger than the, the the moment of history you stepped into. You have always been here and you always will be. And I think that just reads different as a follower of Jesus. Well, and we walk in such different shoes than them too, That's right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. we walk in Gentile shoes for one thing, but uh-huh. we walk in this we walk in the story of of the other side of history. Yeah. I mean, I always think that when we were talking about their response to what Jesus is claiming here, it, to be just completely honest, there's part of me that kind of gets it. Like, why they missed it? Yeah. Like, this is just so 
opposite of mm-hmm. what we were expecting, what we have been taught, what we thought we'd been taught, what we thought we understood, who we thought we were worshiping. And now you're saying it's been you all along. Like, mm-hmm. I get why that yeah. was tough. <laughs> I, I love that it's so cut and dry clear right there because in a moment they pick up stones to kill him yeah <laughs> because he but before this he, jesus hasn't been the most clear right he he forgives a guy of his sins and they're like well who can forgive sins but god alone and it's just like well that was weird that was confusing <laughs> he's like <And> yeah then, <laughs> also pick up your mat and walk <laughs> yeah and it's like all these moments and then here he's just like i'm gonna tell you exactly what you think yep. you're you're your hero i'm the god he worshiped <laughs> and it's like yeah well, and you talking about them picking up stones. I mean, that kind of gets us right at the the end of this passage, mm-hmm. right? And and where all this wraps up with how they ultimately respond. Yeah, they pick up their stones. They've made their decision. They don't believe he's God, and they decide he's a crazy person who should be killed, um, which is which is crazy. Uh, and ultimately, I think the big idea here is they had to make a choice. They expressed some belief in Jesus. Uh, before this and now hearing all of his claims they decide they're actually not in anymore they've made their decision he's actually just a liar he's just crazy they step away Uh, and i think for us it's good to learn to to watch this interaction and and learn more about jesus and who he is through it but the last question i have for us to just think about is kind of taking this home and what that means for us today like what do you believe is the most compelling evidence that jesus is god and if someone were to ask you like what would you go to um, Jesus is making claims about himself, but what would you go to, to to help someone else understand? Well, I think you have to go to the resurrection mm-hmm. because anybody can predict that they're going to die on a cross and then <laughs> fulfill that promise, right? Um, but nobody else can predict that they're going to raise from the dead and then fulfill that promise. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Jesus not only died the sacrificial death, but then he powerfully rose from the dead with the power of God, uh, that's it. That's where that's where it at. That's where it's at. Because if Jesus doesn't raise from the dead, then he is the lunatic that they think he is. But because he did raise from the dead, uh, he is the Lord that he promised to be. And the and the and the reason why I put on my confidence on that is because the evidence of the resurrection really is compelling. It's extremely compelling that this historical figure, Jesus Christ, rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And there's some great stuff out there on that if it's something that, you know, someone's interested in learning more and figuring out for themselves how you can have this confidence mm-hmm. in the historical resurrection of Jesus Christ. I would even encourage somebody to do a little bit of a deep dive on how um, the Bible was put together, how our canon, our collection of books was put together and and learn about how those eyewitness accounts that were happening in the moment as it was happening um, stayed so consistent. And then, you know, the writings were put, you know, combined. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, com- bound. Bound. Com- <laughs> <laughs> Compensate. Com- Something. Uh- <laughs> I get what you're saying. Compiled. Yeah. And um, I think that's compelling too, because like my gut answer is because I believe the Bible is absolute truth and this is how the Bible says it is and Mm -hmm. went down. But then I have to keep going. Why do I believe the Bible Mm -hmm. is absolute Mm -hmm. truth? Mm. I love the fact you talk about the resurrection that even those who don't believe in Jesus, uh, people who study history, uh, even atheists all agree that there was a man who of uh, uh, actual person who Jesus who existed now his claims to deity and all the other things around him no one really doubts that he existed 
And I think I love every time we go and we study the Bible and really the New Testament, every time we make and connect the dots that, hey, this book that we call Acts is really a, 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 the man named Luke who documented these acts, that this these are what happened in the early church in the first century. These are things that actually occurred, that there was a man who literally was named Saul of Tarsus, who he renamed to Paul, and he's the one who wrote these letters. And the more and more we can connect these documents to actual history, it just becomes that much more powerful and, and, and relevant. You know, it's not just this thing that landed in our laps. This is what really occurred. And these people actually encountered Jesus and went to their deaths because of what they encountered. Yeah. Well, and don't miss that we're in John, who mm-hmm. is an eyewitness, yeah. right? And we're reading John's John's gospel, this mm-hmm. eyewitness of what Jesus did. And ultimately, what's John building into? The resurrection. Mm-hmm. At the end of John's gospel, there's a resurrected Christ. And when he says that you may believe, ultimately what he wants us to believe in is that Jesus rose from the dead mm-hmm. because he saw with his own eyes. That's good. Good button. Well, cool. I'm, I'm excited for, for our groups this week to have this discussion. And I'm excited for the weeks of John coming up and where we're going. All right. Well, guys, we're glad you listened, and we hope you join us next week. Love you. Consolidated. Consolidated?